This is the John Oakley Show podcast. All right, away we go. It's the panel part of the program. Topics worthy of discussion for Pizzaville. Dial pound 3636. Right now, tonight, on the weekend. Uh, That's imperative that you do that. Since they're obviously... uh, Carrying the freight for this program, this panel portion that, you know, sees some heavyweights and uh, not least amongst them, Peter Sherman, the broadcaster, businessman and former MPP. Peter, how are you this afternoon? I am just fine and uh, delighted to be here with you. I appreciate that. David Will, Senior Vice President of Media Profile. That's a leading Toronto public relations agency. How's David? If David was any better, they'd take away his OHIP, John. <laughs> okay, that may still come to pass. Yeah. Uh, then Stephen Holiday, the Deputy Mayor, Councillor Ward 2 at Tobacco Centre. Mr. Holiday, I'm doing great. Never been called a heavyweight. You, sir, are. But there's also another first for me today. I, I, took, I took one of those interesting, neat uh, uh, new electric buses down Bay Street. Oh, did you? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and who's that belong to? DTC. Oh, look at you. Uh, all right. And what did you find by way of the experience? Well, it was a bus. It oh. got me here. It got me here safe. But you know what? It's the wave of the future, right? No more fossil burning fuels. Uh, use electricity to get from A to B. Uh-huh. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, I'm i happy with my ride. You got a big charge out of that electric bus. Oh, oh. shocking. <laughs> Sorry. Wow. It's like you guys have been rehearsing this vaudevillian <laughs> shtick. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, let me turn to another serious question. Mr. Wills, I got to ask you this because this was just handed to me moments ago. Omar Khadr is going to be giving a keynote address at Dalhousie University next month. And uh, apparently it's part of their open dialogue series. Uh it's a, a rare opportunity for public discussion around the complex issue of child soldiers, it says here. So he and uh, another individual, Ishmael Bia, will highlight their experience in conflict and why they're passionate about the protection of children. Is this the appropriate venue? Is this the right guy to be giving a keynote address? Well, I think he's got lived experience. Uh, you know, he had a horrific childhood, as we all know. You know, his father, um, you know, took him over to Afghanistan at quite a young age. Like, he was not in school. He was not socialized like a normal child was. Uh, he had a horrible experience. Uh, we all know his tale. He uh, ended up in prison in Guantanamo, was tortured, uh, has permanent disabilities from that. Mm. Uh, he has been a... Uh, what are those permanent disabilities, by the way? Uh, he uh, There's something with his uh, loss of eyesight, and uh, there's something else from the from the torture that he uh, that he got in Guantanamo. I didn't realize it was physical torture. Oh yeah, with the um, uh, you know the waterboarding. There's other things, but he has. Uh, I didn't think the, they waterboarded him either. Uh, the, well, I don't know if they did. I, no, I, I, may, I may have just uh, <laughs> assumed. I, just, I may have just assumed <laughs> yeah. that Dick Cheney went down there and Spinning did it personally. A yarn, eh? Yeah, the, uh, <laughs> but he was tortured, and that has been mm. that has been confirmed. I think the idea of, of child soldiers is such an important topic. Canada is a signatory. Um, to to that international agreement that uh, that we that we ad- abhor that uh, we've seen it in many parts of the world. So I think a discussion around that uh, is very productive, and I think it would be interesting. Well, Sherman, I mean, the guy is such a lightning rod of controversy. Uh, if you're in charge at Dell, do you have him come in and give a keynote? Absolutely not. As a matter of fact, what I'd do is I'd send him over to Will's house to have dinner. This is this is getting it's that's ridiculous. torture. He would, it, it, it's it ridiculous. Might be, I'm not a good cook. Well, it, it's I don't know about that, but we'll talk about that another time. The point is this: 
we constantly are discussing here who appears at what university, when and under what circumstances. And anytime it's a person who's maybe the antithesis of, uh, of uh, Omar Khadr, or maybe somebody who speaks on behalf of, shall, shall I say, the Israeli Defense Forces up at York University a few weeks ago, they get shouted down. They can't say anything at all. But here's Dalhousie inviting Omar Cotter, great guy that he is, to tell us about uh, being a child soldier. I still think the jury's out on whether he was a child soldier. There's no doubt he was involved in uh, in a war of some of some description, but a child soldier um, being sent out by an army of some sort. I don't know. I don't. All I know is that he has ten and a half million dollars that I contributed to and that I don't like. Hey, Sherman, by the way, uh, would you bet the over-under on how many protesters will be out front? Uh, Do you think there will be a large cadre or it's just academia? What the hell? This is what they let slide. I think that the stuff will slide in, and especially at Dow. I I, I suggest to you that maybe you'd get some people um, from the Israeli Defense League if he was trying to speak at York or University of Toronto, but I don't know how strong that presence might be out there. And I'm not suggesting that it's only Jewish people or Israeli Defense League who would protest. For God's sakes, Jordan Peterson can't speak at his own university, University of Toronto, because he's supposedly too far right. But they're inviting Omar Khadr to speak at a Canadian chartered university of some repute. Dalhousie, it, uh, it, I, I was, I'm just going to say it makes me sick. How about you, Stephen Holiday? Uh, I'm okay with it because you can't have it both ways. Um, we want to see uh, freedom of speech and freedom of expression. But we're not getting it. Well, have him there. Have him say what he wants to say. Uh, I, I think I would take a close look at the way it's being advertised. So if it is to come talk to the students about his experiences, his life experiences as a child soldier, or what he's learned along his journey, I think that would be an interesting thing to hear. Uh, but if it's some other type of message or a political one, that's when you know I start to wonder and, and worry about, uh, about why he's there and why that particular fellow, instead of any other uh, possible person that was involved in war or as a child soldier. Well, Wills was saying he's got a lived experience, so that gives him some instant street cred. So do a lot of people. Yeah. No, no, I, you know, if other people wanted to speak there too, I, you know, I think people can go and protest, and I think there will be some people who do demonstrate against it. And like Stephen, I'm okay with that. Well, would uh, you be okay with Jordan Peterson speaking at his own university? 100%. I am too. Well, I, we should. I wouldn't be. go see him, but the, you know, I, I don't care. Like, the, if you want, if you, if that, if that floats your boat, go ahead. Like, pay your money, go see him, take, spend well, your time. Fine. But the I fact of the matter is, there are some people who want to shut that sure. down, and there's some people who want to shut him down. The we don't like either of those, John. I think we, you and I, get along on this. That we're both libertarian in that respect. I don't care what Jordan Peterson has to say. I've, I've read his stuff. I don't agree with him. But, I, you know, go, yeah, okay. go ahead. Well, you, you make a valid point. If I can just interject, I'll say this to you, David, and to you, John. If everybody who wanted to speak under legitimate auspices, invited by a group or whatever, about any subject whatsoever, had a forum at any university in Canada that we help fund, I'd probably have a different view. But I don't see that happening on our university campuses from sea to shining sea. All right, let me ask about somebody else who's also a lightning rod and equally controversial, I guess, Meng Wanzhou. And the story that's now gained added currency because uh, the extradition hearing is taking place in Vancouver this week. It was interesting, earlier in the week I had Eddie Goldenberg on, who was a former chief of staff to Jean Chrétien, and uh, he was talking up a prisoner exchange. That was actually his words in an op-ed piece in the Globe and Mail on the weekend. And it seems in response there was another op-ed piece in the Post today suggesting that, well, he, Jean Chrétien, you know, the Power Corp people and all the rest of that establishment types uh, have vested interests. They have uh, economic interests in China and perhaps 
They're acting out of self-interest. Well, okay, you're shaking your head already, David Wills, but this idea, Meng Wanzhou, is this a, a hill worth sacrificing two Canadian hostages on? Should we repatriate her? Or is the rule of law and being a signatory to an international covenant, i.e. with the United States and extradition, and holding her for fraud and so on, uh, is that the more important principle in play? Well, you know, I think when they they try and make this into an argument over, oh, you're just making a point of principle. First of all, like the language of a prisoner exchange, we are not at war with anybody right now. We are not holding her prisoner. She was picked up on an international warrant. We believe the two Michaels have been uh, detained under dubious circumstance at best. The idea that we're going to trade on this because... Uh, that's the way things get done because certain people have economic interests is absolutely abhorrent. Like it, that's disgusting. Like the you know you're putting somebody's financial interest ahead of the you know international law and the well-being of everybody. Uh, those two Michaels are paying a heck of a price uh, because and there's not much we can do because China's such a behemoth. But Canada is actually doing what it's supposed to do, what it's signed up to do. Um, you know, in a very admirable way, in a very diplomatic way, they're treating her with respect. All of these things, she's getting due process. I think, you know, to for these former politicians to come in and say, let's let's trade horses on this, I find that absolutely, absolutely ridiculous. How do you see it, Stephen? Ditto? Well, I think this is just the uh, surefire way to make everybody angry in who's involved. You know, we're already up to our necks uh, in burning political credit and and taking a path. And I I agree with the path that we took to honor the international warrant, to honor the needs uh, and requirements of our neighbors to the south who wanted this person detained, despite the fact that it'll make other people angry. We we took that path. And now uh, if you take another path and and renege on the deal, you'll make the Americans angry. And uh, I'm sure the Chinese will still be angry with the fact that she was detained in the first place. So I don't see how this benefits anybody and uh, I'm very concerned about it, and I think that we should follow through on what our requirements are under the law, and uh, that's what Canadians are about. All right, and so uh, the idea that somehow there's a, a personal economic interest that is betraying this principle of holding fast and, uh, you know, upholding international covenants, uh, that seems kind of seedy to me on surface, but then if you look at it in the other light that they just want to bring these two Michaels home, whatever it looks like, uh, and by the way, Mr. Goldenberg, in fairness to him, was saying that uh, it's still within the rule of law because we do have exceptions that we make, just as, for example, Israel does in returning prisoners or having prisoners swaps with the Palestinians. Uh, and he cited the Americans repatriating somebody to Iran in exchange for their own person that was being held by that regime. So, Peter Sherman, uh, is this something that, you know, we ought to stand firm, uh, a hill worth sacrificing two Canadian hostages on? I'm not sure. I'm not sure anymore. I, I was sure, and I would have said yes six months ago, 12 months ago. But now I think it comes down to this question. Do we toss Meng Wanzhou back to China and say sorry to Donald Trump, who some people say got us into this thing in the first place, um, and, and get our two Michaels back? Or do we maintain this treaty requirement, and if Meng gets turned over to the United States for trial, consider the fate of those two guys as casualties of war? Because uh, Will says it's not war, but there are people here who are creating this equivalency. This, what it's really like, it's like a hostage-taking uh, incident where you say, well, we don't negotiate for our hostages. But here there's, there's a suggestion that maybe we should. So that's, that's the choice. Um, we got ourselves into trouble a long time ago. Uh, if you follow this thing, by dancing with Huawei, 
uh, in the first place. And we're talking 10 years. And we disregarded uh, three of our Five Eyes intelligence allies by playing with that company. And uh, we think we can somehow do business with China, just like we do business with everybody else. And, and you want to talk about the United States and keeping our treaty requirements. Well, we, there was no treaty requirement, but our prime minister, whether you like him or not, asked the president of the United States to intervene with Xi Jinping. Did he? I would say no. And it was about letting the Michaels go. So if, if you want these guys to die in prison, because it's, it's as clear-cut as that, or you want them to get out of prison, it might not be a hill worth dying on. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio. 